Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Joshua assisting me today. We are the Commandment Keepers Church, brothers and sisters. Today will be our second installment of our two-part series. Um, our first part was the power of obedience. Um, and what comes subsequent, what comes after, uh, brothers and sisters, which we will get into today, is the power of disobedience, brothers and sisters. To be obedient is to be in agreement with the Most High God, brothers and sisters. To be disobedient is to yield to being self-willed instead of submission to the Most High. Both obedience and disobedience have power in itself, and we will learn the power of disobedience today. We're, we're going to start in the Apocrypha today, brothers and sisters. We're going to Second <clears throat> Ezra's. The seventh chapter, we're going to have Brother Joshua read the 48th verse through the 59th verse. Please follow us there. Second Edger 7, verse 48. O thou Adam, what hast thou done? For though it was thou that sinned, thou art not fallen alone. For we are all that come of thee. Now remember, brothers and sisters. The power of disobedience. Here it is, Ezra, the same, or Ezra's the same Ezra. From the Old Testament is saying, Adam, what you've done have affected all of humanity. Verse 49. For what profit is it on us, if there be promised us an immortal time, whereas we have done the work that bringeth death? Now it's saying, he's saying what? what? What's the purpose of having the promise of immortality if the work we brought did what? Had a side effect of death. Verse 50, and that there is promised us an everlasting hope, whereas ourselves being most wicked are made vain, and that there are laid up for us dwellings of health and safety, whereas we have lived wickedly, and that the glory of the Most High is kept to defend them which have led a weary life. Whereas we have walked in the most wicked ways of all. Now here it is. He's giving you a stark contrast, brothers and sisters. He's showing you the promises. What we gave up through Adam. What Adam gave up, brothers and sisters. All of this here were the benefits of obedience as we discussed in our previous uh, lesson, brothers and sisters. Here it is. He's showing you the contrast between what we would have received, what was promised through obedience... And what we receive through what? Through disobedience. Could you read 52 again, brother? Verse 52. And that the glory of the Most High is kept to defend them which have led a weary life. Led a weary life. Why? Because doing the right thing is much harder than doing the right. Oh, excuse me, doing the wrong, brothers and sisters. Whereas, he, whereas we have walked in the most wicked of ways of all. And that there should be showed a paradise whose fruit endureth forever, wherein is security and medicine, since we shall not enter into it. For we have walked in unpleasant places, and that the faces of them which have used abstinence shall shine above the stars. Abstinence from what? Sin. Whereas our faces shall be blacker than darkness. For while we lived and committed iniquity, we consider not that we should begin to suffer for it after death. Read that again, brother. For while we lived and committed iniquity, 
we consider not that we should begin to suffer for it after death. After death is when you begin to suffer. Verse 57. Then answered he me and said, This is the condition of the battle. Of the what? Of the battle. There is a battle. Which man that is born upon the earth shall fight. So look at that, brothers and sisters. Every man and woman born into the earth must go through a battle, a inner conflict. Verse 58. That, if he be overcome, he shall suffer as thou hast said. But if he get the victory, he shall receive the thing that I say. See, there was the power of obedience, and then there was the power of disobedience. Verse 59. For this is the life where a Moses spake unto the people while he lived, saying... What did he say, brother? Choose thee life. Do what? Choose thee life. That thou mayest live. Now look at that. Here it is, a choice, brothers and sisters. Obedience or disobedience. It's your choice. You have to, every man and woman will fight this battle. Why? Because our forefather, Adam, sinned. And that sin has now been connected to each one of us. All the children of Adam now have to fight this battle. Moses told our people to do what? To choose life. Why? Because then you can receive immortality. Let's go to Jeremiah, brother, 13 and 15. The power of disobedience. Jeremiah, the 13th chapter. We're going to start at 15. We'll go to 16 also. Jeremiah 13, verse 15. Hear ye and give ear. Be not proud. For the Lord has spoken. Give glory to the Lord your God before he caused darkness. It said do what, brother? Give glory to the Lord your God before he caused darkness. Give glory by hearkening to his word and obeying his instruction. When it says, read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. Give glory to the Lord your God before he caused darkness. Before what? He caused darkness. Darkness, brothers and sisters. Disobedience will be reciprocated with calamities. It said the most high caused darkness, brothers and sisters. See, we try to attribute everything to the enemy, to Satan, when really the most high is in control. And, Luke, and Satan knows this. He knows that the most high's righteousness, his faithfulness to his own word, would, would hold him accountable to judge us for disobedience. He knows that. Why? Because he used to live there. He used to live with the Most High. So he knows that his righteousness will not allow disobedience to go unpunished. Could you read 16 again? Verse 16. Give glory to the Lord your God before he caused darkness, and before your feet stumble upon the dark mountains. And while you looked for light, he turned it into the shadow of death and make it gross darkness. And make it what? Gross darkness. A lack of submission, brothers and sisters, will always precede darkness. So while looking for light or for success, we're met with great disappointment. Here it is. This is what the author, Jeremiah, is telling us. We either walk in God's light or we walk where? In spiritual darkness, according to the 16th verse in the 13th chapter of Jeremiah. Physical darkness causes what? Stumbling. You see it there. He said before he caused darkness, before you stumble on the mountains. 
So physical darkness causes stumbling. But what? The worst darkness of all is spiritual. And that's what he's referring to here, brothers and sisters. Showing you the power of what? Disobedience. It's connected to what? What is it connected to? It's connected to darkness. And when you're dealing with darkness, you can't see where you're going. You're stumbling all over the place. See? So we will learn today. We we dealt with the power of obedience. Why do we go into that first? Because if you read Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, brothers and sisters, verses 1 through, uh, I believe, 13, the Most High always went into the blessings first. He wanted to incentivize us to do the right thing. And from verse 14 to 68 are curses, brothers and sisters. So he always incentivized us first, but then he also showed what? The, the what would be reciprocated for our negligence. Let's go to Proverbs 4 and 18, brother, because here it is. Jeremiah is speaking of a spiritual darkness. Let's talk a little more about that darkness. Proverbs 4, verse 18. But the path of the just is as the shining light. It's as a what, brother? As the shining light. That shineth more and more on the perfect day. This is the greatest incentive to acquiesce to revealed instruction, brothers and sisters. Remember, Jeremiah said that darkness is always preceded or darkness comes subsequent to what? To negligence or disobedience. The author of Proverbs is saying what? How do you get light? Could you read that again? Verse 18. But the path of the just is as the shining light. That shineth more and more under the perfect day. So light is not furnished to all. It only shines on the path of the just. Christians should know this. Verse 19. The way of the wicked is his darkness. They know not at what they stumble. Solomon compares the path of who? The negligent to deep darkness, brothers and sisters. See, there's a choice to be made. The path of the righteous is as a shining light, which means you can see clearly. But the way of the wicked is in darkness. You don't know where the snares are. You do not know where the enemy is. You do not know where the pit is. So we're reading the obscurity and the uncertainty in the path of rebelliousness. Brothers and sisters, the negligent have an inability to discern or detect danger according to to the 19th verse in the 4th chapter. The way of the wicked is darkness. They don't even know, you know, where the, what they're stumbling after. Showing you the power of, of disobedience. The power of disobedience brings what? It brings darkness. Brothers and sisters, please follow us to Proverbs 13 and 13. We're going to read 13 through 15. Proverbs 13, verse 13. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. Read the first part because I want brothers and sisters to, to, to catch what the author is telling you the power of uh, disobedience is. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed. So destruction, see, that's, that's power. <laughs> disobedience has the power to bring destruction. You see that, brothers and sisters? What's the next part say? But he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. See, so those who walk as Revelation directs, according to this text, shall be rewarded. 
See, that's the power of choice. Continue, brother. Verse 14. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. To do what? To depart from the snares of death. See? So it's our obedience, brothers and sisters, that will keep us away or that will protect us from the many snares, the traps, the pitfalls that the enemy have set up for us. Verse 15. Good understanding giveth favor. Read that one more time, brother. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of the transgressors is hard. Never was there a truer saying, brothers and sisters. Those who live unfaithfully to the Most High will find life hard. See that? Read that one more time, please. Verse 13. Uh, 15. Verse 15. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. See? The way of a transgressor is hard. So, according to the text, insubordination is reciprocated with a life full of obstacles and difficulties. I wanted you to see something. This stanza is what? It's pure equity. We're going to read those three verses again. Look at how equitable the author is. Look at how equitable the Most High is. He's giving you a choice here. Could you read that from the top straight through? Proverbs 13, verse 13. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life, to depart from the snares of death. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. That's pure equity. The Most High is equitable. He will always give you what you deserve, brothers and sisters. Always. So here it was. Just in, the, in these three scriptures, we learn the power of obedience and the power of disobedience. There's power that, that comes in conjunction with either or, brothers and sisters. The way of a transgressor is hard. Now, guess what? When you're having abnormal failure, you have to be very careful, brothers and sisters. You have to be very careful. Because why? Most, more times than not, that is the most high saying, son. Daughter, you're going the wrong way. Remember last time how I had to save you from that? It took you four years, five years to get over that. And you want to run back there? See? So you have to be very careful for, from abnormal failure. Why? Because when you're called by the Most High, you can't find success where others find success at, brothers and sisters. Why? Because there's a calling on you. So you can't look at what another brother or another sister is doing and saying, well, it's working for them. Go look at when the disciples, right, were fishing. The brother, you know, Peter, he, he fished all night long. <laughs> he, he fished all night long. He, he began to wash his nets. Christ said, go back out, throw the net on the other side of the, uh, of the boat. There were so many fish, he had to call another boat of friends to haul that in. Because, see, there's a difference between doing something with the Most High's direction and doing it on your own, brothers and sisters. Okay? Let's go to Psalms 107 and 17. Please follow us there, brothers and sisters. Psalms 107 and 17. Psalms 107, verse 17. Fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. The rebellious afflict themselves. They procure their own ruin. Look at this closely. Could you read that again, brother? Because I, I want our brothers and sisters to 
see the power of disobedience. Fools because of their transgression. Why? Because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. They're what, brother? Are afflicted. See, the non-compliant by course of transgression afflict themselves. The Most High brings their inward folly to the outward presentation by punishment. <laughs> He's saying people are not afflicted for no reason. Okay? It's because of the transgression, which means the breaking of a law. And then it says because of the iniquity. Iniquity is what? It's invisible sin. It's the sins that no man can see except the Most High. It's the, it's the hatred in the heart. It's the envy in the heart. See? That's what iniquity is. So he's saying not only for the sins that man can see, that can be proven, but also for the, the secret sins. That's why we're afflicted. So the text emphasizes a sinner's perennial determination to be stricken. Showing you the power of disobedience. This is what comes with disobedience, brothers and sisters. Affliction comes with disobedience, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Sirach, or Ecclesiasticus, 7 and 1, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus 7, verse 1. Do no evil, so shall no harm come unto thee. Read that one more time, because the text here is emphasizing the relationship, or the relation between protection and obedience. Do no evil. Why? So shall no harm come unto thee. Depart from the unjust, and iniquity shall turn away from thee. So what we see here, brothers and sisters, is that disobedience has the power to do what? Tranquilize the efficiency of our protection. Read number two, brother, verse two, excuse me. Verse two, depart from the unjust, and iniquity shall turn away from thee. So what is he saying? He's saying, don't be misled. Bad company can and will corrupt good character, brothers and sisters. Continue. Verse 3, My son, sow not upon the furrows of the unrighteous, and thou shalt not reap them seven, sevenfold. How fold? Sevenfold. Sevenfold. So according to this, you reap more than you sow. Now, anyone who's ever planted anything, who does well with agriculture or a farmer, <laughs> they understand this, brothers and sisters. You always reap more than you sow. One seed can turn into an apple tree with hundreds of apples, brothers and sisters. So here it was, the Most High is saying, if you deal with unrighteousness, I'm going to get you back seven times. Seven times, showing you what? The power of disobedience. See? It begins as one thing, or so we think. But what? Seven things come back, brothers and sisters. Let's read one through three again, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 1. Do no evil, so shall no harm come unto thee. Depart from the unjust, and iniquity shall turn away from thee. See, so loneliness is better than bad company, according to the text. Verse 3. My son, sow not upon the furrows of the unrighteous, and thou shalt not reap them sevenfold. Now, I really need our brothers and sisters to understand this. See? Because why? One, one transgression of purpose sin doesn't mean only one thing goes wrong. 
it comes back sevenfold. So this is the power of disobedience. And if this is not a deterrent, <laughs> then I mean, hey, that's that's obstinacy. That's stubbornness. That's what? Stiff necked. If you know me continuing to do the right, wrong thing will come back 70% or sevenfold. Let's go to Leviticus, brother, because let's 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 um, let's deal with that point of the sevenfold reciprocation. Let's go into the Torah. Let's go into the Pentateuch. Leviticus twenty-six in eighteen through twenty to show you that this is further proof that what the apocrypha is valid and what. It's the Bible does what it verifies the apographer. There's nothing in the apographer that cannot be verified in the Bible. We can teach the entire Bible, Christ's doctrine and all that without the apographer, brothers and sisters. And we're bringing this out for Christians, for theologians who say that the, the book is not spiritually inspired. Everything that you find in the excuse me, uh, in the apographer can be validated and authenticated from the Torah. In the Tanakh. Read verse 18, please, brother. Leviticus 26, verse 18. And if ye will not yet after, for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sin. I will do what, brother? Punish you seven times more for your sin. See, seven does what? It typifies perfection. So the chastisement will be complete only then. Seven means complete. That's why the Most High rested on the seventh day. Why? Because the week has now been completed. See? Continue. Verse 19. And I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your ha your haven as iron, and your earth as brass. Now look at this. <laughs> he said, I will make your heaven as iron, and your earth as brass. That's what? <laughs> no rain. See? And your earth as brass, meaning... It's not the soil can't receive the water, meaning you can't increase. Read, read it from the top, brother, please. Verse 18. And if ye will not, not yet for all this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. And I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your, hev your heaven as iron, and your earth as brass, and your strength shall be spent in vain. For your land shall not yield her increase, neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruit. See, so here it is. It's telling you heaven will be like iron. <laughs> it, <coughs> excuse me. It'll be hard. No water. The earth like brass. So it would reject seed. Therefore, the land would not yield increase. The trees of the land could not yield fruits. Why? Because there's no rain and the ground is stiff. See? So punishment is sevenfold. This indicates a merited severity in punishment, brothers and sisters. If we don't internalize this principle, we will experience it firsthand. He's saying there can be no blessings. You cannot increase. I will not allow you to increase or be fruitful when what? When you're dealing with sin, purpose sin. See that? Showing you the power of disobedience. The power is what? That you receive, you, re you receive the judgment seven times, sevenfold. And only then has the chastisement or the punishment been complete. 
I really need to I really need brothers and sisters to internalize this because here it is Christians are telling us to break every law and then you're wondering why life is out of control. Some people think, well, listen, I, I sin one time and only one thing will go wrong. Nah. Nope. Doesn't work that way. Because why? The Most High is trying to deter us from disobedience. Let's go to 1 Samuel, brother, 12 and 15. Understand the Old Testament. 1 Samuel 12, verse 15. But if ye will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you, as it was against your fathers. So according to the prophet, brothers and sisters, if we will not let the Most High instruct us, he will judge us. Listen to it again. Verse 15. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord. What will happen? Then shall the hand of the Lord be against you, as it was against your father. See? So it's a mistake to think we can evade the Most High's justice. Brothers and sisters, we're reading the consequences of what? Of alternative behavior. See? Brothers and sisters. Showing you the power of disobedience. It has power to bring the hand of God against you. See that? Why are we going into this? To deter brothers and sisters. or Not even to deter them. Because if you sin, then it really doesn't affect us. But we want you to at least make an educated decision about the power that comes with these, you know, with certain decisions. Brothers and sisters, never make a decision more important than the consequences and you're learning why. Your arms are not long enough to box with God. And here it is. It says disobedience will bring the hand of God against us. Let's prove this. Let's go to Jeremiah 50 and 6. The 50th chapter, that is, brothers and sisters. The 6th and 7th verse. Jeremiah 50, verse 6. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. Who caused them? Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. According to this text, our pastors have culpability in our condition, our current condition, that is. They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. Brothers and sisters, when it's speaking about mountains, that's where idolatry goes down. That's where sacrifice goes down. Remember, where was Abraham going with Isaac? See? So when it refers to going from mountain to hill, it's talking about idolatry, child sacrifice, brothers and sisters. Remember, Abraham did not sacrifice Isaac. The Most High placed an animal in its place. He just wanted to see his authenticity. He just wanted to prove it. Because why? If I'm going to send my son, I need to know you'll do the same. <laughs> see, if it wasn't for that, Christ may, I mean, we may have never received Christ. But because our father, the father of faith, as they call him, was willing to do it, you're not going to outdo the Most High. You're not going to out-sacrifice the Most High. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6. My people have been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. 
They have turned them away on the mountains. They have gone from mountain to hill. They have forgotten their resting place. All that found them have devoured them. Read that, please, one more time. All that found them have devoured them. All who come in contact with Israel view us as prey. And their adversaries said, What did they say, brother? We offend not, because they have sinned against the Lord, hmm. the habitation of justice, even the Lord, the hope of their fathers. See, so here it is. The Gentiles, the nations are saying that non-compliance warrants Israel being maltreated with impunity. <laughs> they said, we don't, we've done nothing wrong. <laughs> so according to this text, our sin emboldens our enemies. Gentiles have, excuse me, Gentiles have full comprehension in the rules of engagement. They know this. Read that one more time to prove they have the understanding or the comprehension of the rules of engagement, brother. Jeremiah 50, verse 6. Verse 7, actually. Verse 7. All that found them have devoured them. Everyone have taken a turn on us. And their adversaries said, we offend not. We ain't doing nothing wrong. Because they have sinned against the Lord. Why aren't we doing anything wrong? Because they have sinned against the Lord, the habitation of justice, even the Lord, the hope of their fathers. See, so we're just proving the power of disobedience. What comes connected with it? What are the side effects? According to this text, we become a prey to all nations. And they don't even feel guilty about it. Why? Because they know we've sinned. <laughs> They're like, well, listen, you're God's people, so you should have did what was right. <laughs> and they're right, brothers and sisters. I have no problem with a white man, an African, or anyone else who wants to take advantage of our people for our sin. Because if it wasn't for our sin, they could not do this. So hopefully our people are learning something. And, you know, going forward, we say, we never want to be under these people again. Let's always do the right thing. That's how, you know, that's what the Most High wants us to, to view this as. A learning experience. Not to be angry against the white man. Listen, the white man doesn't have power. If the white man had power, he wouldn't have transvestites walking around with, you know, pumps on. Men carrying purses. <laughs> so the white man doesn't have any power. Okay? We sinned against our God and that brought forth the Romans against us. Let's go to Psalms, brother. 106. We're going to Psalms 106. We're going to have Brother Joshua read 39 through 41. Psalms 106, verse 39. Thus were they defiled with their own works. With what, brother? With their own works. We are polluted by our own hands. And went to whoring with their own invention. Now look at that. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Our flagitious conduct is succeeded by our self-imposed suffering. <laughs> it said we defiled ourselves with our disobedience and went a-whoring after our own inventions. Continue. Verse 40. Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people, insomuch that he abhorred, abhorred his own inheritance. And he gave them into the hand of the heathen. And they that hated them ruled over them. Look at that. We're reading the power of disobedience. I want you to read verse 40 one more time because it's something I don't want Israelites to miss. Verse 40. 
Therefore was the wrath of the Lord kindled against his people, and so much that that he abhorred his own inheritance. The Most High hated us. See that? So I needed to bring that out to give equity because I, I know our people love to pull out the scripture that says the Most High hated Esau. Yeah, <laughs> he don't hate white people because they're white. He hates sinners, period, including us. So when we were dealing with disobedience, the Most High hated us, his own inheritance. See that? Continue, brother. Verse 41. And he gave them into the hand of the heathen, and they that hated them ruled over them. See? So we who refuse to bear his yoke will carry the burden of other nations, brothers and sisters. Subjugation to our enemies is the result of non-compliance. Showing you the power of disobedience. Everything that come with disobedience for Israelites. The wrath of God. The Most High's hatred for us. And the hand of the heathen. And rulership or subjugation to those who hate us. See that? <laughs> Sin is expensive. It's expensive. Let's go to Exodus, brothers and sisters. The 23rd chapter, the 22nd verse. Exodus 23, verse 22. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice, and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies, and an adversary unto thine adversaries. So if you examine the text closely, brothers and sisters, the blessing of our protection is conditional. See? The text emphasizes the contingencies that come with the covenant. Let's read it one more time. Verse 22. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies. He will be what? An enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. So Moses understood the key to obtaining the Most High's protection or he knew that the key was obedience. <laughs> He said, listen, if you obey the Most High, you will have what? You will have protection. And not only protection, the Most High will become an adversary unto thy adversaries. And guess what? This principle is reflected in the Constitution. Protected as long as we operate within the parameters of the Constitution. Just like in America. As long as you operate within their law, you're protected. Once you step outside of that law... At that point, your protection is gone. Same way in the Bible, brothers and sisters. Same exact way. If you continue to be disobedient, then you have to fight your demons on your own. You have to fight your enemies on your own. Showing you the power of disobedience to do what? To tranquilize or to, uh, or to destroy your protection. All of this comes with disobedience. We're going to break it down today so you fully understand what it is that you're getting yourself into if you choose to walk that path. I pray that our people listen to what we're going into today and it's a deterrent, it's a repellent. I hope that brothers and sisters, before they make a decision they know is wrong, they think about what they're learning today and say, listen, is this worth it? Is it worth it for five seconds? Is it worth it for, you know, an hour? Is it worth it? 
Let's go to the apographer, Brother Joshua. Let's go to Baruch, Brother. Follow us to Baruch, brothers and sisters. The second chapter, the fourth and fifth verses. Baruch 2, verse 4. Moreover, he had delivered them to be in subjugation to all the kingdoms that are round about us. He delivered us to be subjugated or in subjection to all the kingdoms round about. That means everyone that saw us. <laughs> to be as a reproach and desolation among all the people round about where the Lord has scattered them. Thus we were cast down and not exalted. Why, brother? Because we have sinned against the Lord our God. Why, brother? We have sinned against the Lord our God and have not been obedient on His voice. See? So subjugation was what? It was a result of disobedience. Captivity was not fortuitous. Brothers and sisters, the consequences for disobedience are as true as the law of gravity. We were given, you know, into the hand of these heathens. Why? Because according to the fifth verse in the second chapter of Baruch, our sin against the Most High. So his sin has been very expensive for the children of Israel, more so than anyone else. Sin has a hefty price tag. Who's going to be willing to pay it? Not I. Let's go to Psalms 81, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to the 81st, 81st chapter, the 11th through the 14th verses. Psalms 81, verse 11. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Brothers and sisters, I really want you to look at this closely. Start at verse 11, brother, one more time. Psalms 81, verse 11. But my people would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would none of me. So verse 11 highlights our persistent refusal to comply, brothers and sisters. So I gave them up under their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own counsels. Reading the consequences of what? Of perpetual nonconformity. The Most High will give you up to your own lust. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies. I should have what? Soon subdued their enemies, and turned my hand against their adversaries. See? So it would have been to our advantage to hearken unto him, brothers and sisters. One of the blessings of obedience is victory over our enemies, brothers and sisters. So the scripture says what? It says that we walked in the flesh, meaning walking in our own counsels, meaning doing what's pleasing to the flesh. So us doing what is pleasing to the flesh did what? Allowed our enemies space to destroy us, took away our protection, took away our bodyguard, our heavenly bodyguards. And the Most High allowed us to be violated, to be taken advantage of. Because why? That is the power of disobedience. Let's go to Jeremiah, brothers and sisters. The fifth chapter, the third verse. 
Jeremiah 5 verse 3 O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have not refused to receive correction. But they have refused to receive correction. Excuse me, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. Mm. They have refused to return. According to this text, brothers and sisters, the children of Israel, our people have a proclivity to rebel the more we're stricken. Could you read that again, please, brother? Verse 3. O Lord, are not thine eyes upon the truth? Thou hast stricken them, but they have not grieved. Thou hast consumed them, but they have refused to receive correction. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. Look at that. So this highlights how dogged, how truculent we are in our defiance. He's saying, the more I afflict you, <laughs> the worse and worse you get. You still refuse correction. This is our people. See? Even though the Most High is bringing all types of chastisement and judgment for our transgressions, we continue to go the wrong way. This is our people. This is the children of Israel. Let's go to Ecclesiasticus in the Apocrypha, brother. Ecclesiasticus, the 12th chapter, the 6th verse. Ecclesiasticus 12, verse 6. For the Most High hated sinners and will repay vengeance on the ungodly. Brothers and sisters, the uncomfortable truth of the Most High's word is that he hates sin and sinners. And see, Christians say, well, nah, God hates the sin, not the sinner. Read that again, brother. For the Most High hated sinners and will repay vengeance on the ungodly, and keep them against the mighty day of their punishment. So the Most High does not separate sin in the sinners. Brothers and sisters, we're reading one of the most neglected verses concerning the, in the Most High's wrath, His judgment. His wrath is not something He pours out on people He approves of. <laughs> okay, brothers and sisters, the Most High hate the sinners and the sin. And he will repay vengeance on all who continue to be negligent. Showing you the power. The power of disobedience does what? It brings hatred from God. See? Are you prepared for that? Respect the power of disobedience. Respect it. Let's go to Psalms 78, brother. Psalms, the 78th chapter, the 58th and 59th verse. Psalm 78, verse 58. For they provoked him to anger with their high places and moved him to jealousy with their graven images. When God heard this, he was wroth and greatly abhorred Israel. He did what, brother? Greatly abhorred Israel. Showing you that the scripture was true that said the Most High hates sinners. Because he's saying here he hates Israel. He hated Israel. See? Read verse 58 one more time, brother. Because this particular verse highlights that disobedience has the power to provoke the Most High into anger. Verse 58. For they provoked him to anger with their high places and moved him to jealousy with their graven images. When God heard this, he was raw 
and greatly abhorred Israel. See, so the Most High is no respecter of persons. And we have to bring these type of scriptures out, you know, to give some, some level of equity for our people to know that the Most High once hated us. So what, if a white man or African or somebody else start doing the right thing, then guess what? The Most High received them and loved them. Okay? And the same with us. If we continue to be so dogged in our disobedience, the Most High hate you. He don't care if you black, <laughs> Hispanic, native, God hates you. And sometimes you just got to say it like that. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to tell a Christian just like that because it's like they're shocked. They've never heard that God hates them before. But hey, you got to keep it real. got to keep it real. God hates you if you continue in sin. Period. Let's go to Psalms 89, brother. Just a few chapters uh, further. Psalms 89, uh, we'll read 38 through 42. Psalms 89, verse 38. But thou hast cast off and abhorred, thou hast been wroth with thine ointment. Anointment. So here it is. He's saying he's cast it off and hated his anointed. Who is who? That's Israel. Verse 38. But thou hast cast off and abhorred, thou hast been wroth with thine anointed. Thou hast made void the covenant of thy servant. Thou hast profaned his crown by casting it to the ground. Our crown, our authority, thrown down to the ground. Thou hast hearkened down all his hedges. He has what? Thou hast broken down all his hedges. Taken away his what? Taken away our protection. Thou hast brought his strongholds to ruin. All that passes by the way spoil him. They do what to us? Spoil him. He is a reproach to his neighbors. Thou hast set up the right hand of, the, of his adversaries. Thou hast made all his enemies to rejoice. We're reading the consequences of felonious conduct. Brothers and sisters. Refusal to capitulate has consequences. And we're reading them, Israel. The Most High have, have elevated our adversaries and caused them to rejoice at our lowest state. He took our rulership, our crown. Israel means to be a prince of God. He took our crown, threw it into the dust, took away our hedges of protection. Allow all the neighbors, all the nations to spoil us. And then he set up our enemies in high places in front of our face, showing you the power of disobedience. Our people have to respect that. All people should respect that, especially the children of Israel. See? Respect the power. Let's go to Lamentations, brothers and sisters. We're going to Lamentations, uh, the first chapter, the fifth verse. Lamentations 1, verse 5. Their adversaries are the chief, her enemies prosper. Brothers and sisters, examine the first part of the text. Her adversaries are the chief. They're what? The chief. So by this expression, he emphasizes their supremacy, their dominion. Her enemies prosper, for the Lord hath afflicted her for the multitude of her transgressions. Her children are gone into captivity before the enemy. Who is her? The bride, Israel. The bride of Christ is Israel. 
So the text magnifies our oppressor's outward felicity and happiness, brothers and sisters. You see that? <laughs> Read that one more time, brother. Verse 5. Her adversaries of the chief, her enemies prosper. For the Lord hath afflicted her for the multitude of her transgressions. Her children are gone into captivity before the enemy. So here the author begins to call our attention to God's judgment. It's our sin that causeth the Most High to lay all our troubles, you know, all the troubles we we have upon us. He said, I've caused their enemies to prosper. Her adversaries, Israel's adversaries are the chief. They are the authority. He did what? He judged us, chastised us based on the multitudes of our sin. And the big boy was what? What was the big boy? The children go into slavery. Power of disobedience there. <laughs> Our people have to wake up. Remember the scripture said that our people have gone astray. And who has culpability in that? The shepherds. The pastors. Because why? They're continuing to teach a slave doctrine. Which is you don't have to follow the law. The only thing you have to do is give me a tithes and offering and uh, celebrate Christmas. See? Let's go to Micah, brother. Micah 6 and 13. We're going to read uh, verse 13 through 15, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. We're still in the Old Testament here. Micah 6, verse 13. Therefore also will I make thee sick, and smiting thee, and making thee desolate because of thy sins. Thou shalt eat, but not be satisfied. Look at that. <laughs> read that part again. Thou shalt eat, but not be satisfied. So he's telling you the gift of satisfaction would become elusive. And thy casting down shall be in the midst of thee, and thou shalt take hold, but shall not deliver. And that which thou deliverest will I give up to the sword. Continue, brother. Thou shalt sow, but thou shalt not reap. Thou shalt tread the olives, but thou shalt not anoint thee with oil and sweet wine, but shall not drink wine. See, so an insatiable appetite will be given as a curse, even though, what? <laughs> we can't be satisfied. So he's saying, listen, I'm going to allow you to eat and not be satisfied. I'm going to allow you to sow and not reap. So whatever we collect, our enemies shall redirect to themselves. That's what the scripture is telling us. The fruits of our labor will be delighted to, or excuse me, will be delegated to our enemies. You see that, brothers and sisters? This is what comes with disobedience. Did you read the small print? Did you read the fine print? This is what we signed up for, brothers and sisters. When we continually, when we continuously neglect the Most High's instruction, neglect His voice, neglect His His word. You shall never be satisfied. You're always looking for more. You'll continue to, to amass things. Or you'll continue to, excuse me, put in work and not reap the full benefits of it. Other people will be elevated instead of you. Other people will take advantage of your hard work. 
Is it worth it, brothers and sisters? For what, a few seconds of, you know, what you would think is happiness? Let's continue. Let's go to Psalms 32. Follow us to Psalms, brothers and sisters. The 32nd chapter, the first through the fifth verse. Psalms 32, verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man on whom the Lord imputed not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile. Real forgiveness, brothers and sisters, does what? It quiets a busy conscience, a, a noisy mind. He said, blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin will be covered. See? Read, read those two scriptures again, brother, please. Verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man on whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Look at the next part, brothers and sisters. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Look at that. We're reading the agony of what? Unconfessed sin. See, so the first two verses were once you confess, once you confess the forgiveness. The third and fourth verses, that feeling that you feel, that heavy burden, that anxiety, that depression <laughs> of unconfessed sin, hiding it. He said, when I kept silence, my bones waxed old. <laughs> you see that brothers and sisters <laughs> this is the the power of disobedience could you read those two scriptures again brother verse 3 when I kept silence my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long for day and night thy hand was heavy upon me that depression that anxiety my moisture is turned into the drought of summer so, continue I acknowledge my sin unto thee and my iniquity have I not hid I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Brothers and sisters, the psalmist understood that his misery was directly connected to unresolved sin. That's why he said in verse 5, what did he say? Verse 5, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And thou forgave it the iniquity of my sin. See? So look at that, brothers and sisters. He had all the symptoms of guilt. Let's read it from the top, brother. Let's read it straight through. He had all the symptoms of guilt. He said his conscience sapped his physical, his strength, <laughs> brothers and sisters. His physical body was affected by unconfessed sin. Showing you the power of the disobedience. Psalms 32 verse 1 Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord imputed not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin unto thee. What did he do? I acknowledge my sin unto thee. And mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, 
I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Now look at that, brothers and sisters. He had all the symptoms. And how did he resolve that sin? How do you resolve sin? Acknowledging it. Confessing your transgression. And the Most High will forgive the iniquity of his sin. Is what the Psalms is telling us in the fifth verse. You see that, brothers and sisters? See, sin is a package deal. <laughs> you can't get the sin without all of this that we're going into today. It's a package deal, brothers and sisters. Can't separate the sin from the symptoms. Or the side effects, rather. Let's go to Psalms 31 and 10. Just one chapter previous. Psalms 31, verse 10. For my life is spent with grief, and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of mine iniquity, and my bones are consumed. The psalmist tells us that his iniquity was the source of his misery. See? What is iniquity? Invisible sin. It's the sins of the heart. It's the bitterness. It's the anger. It's the wrath. It's the envy. It's the jealousy. It's all those ones that are in the heart that can't be seen. It's the lack of forgiveness. It's not confessing sin. Could you read that again, brother? Verse 10. For my life is spent with grief, and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of mine iniquity. Because what? Of mine iniquity. And my bones are consumed. See? So sin precedes misery at the heels of its accomplishments. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, we're reading the cause and effect. Read it one more time because sin is always followed by excessive grief. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of mine iniquity. See, so look at that, brothers and sisters. The text is highlighting the suffering that follows sin rather than the iniquity itself. And my bones are consumed. What happened? And my bones are consumed. See, so the text highlights the fruit of sin with the utmost clarity. <laughs> the grief that comes with it. You see that? The depression that comes with it. See? Let's go to Ecclesiasticus in the Apocryphal. 21 and 1. The power... Of disobedience. I hope Christians. Sloppy. I hope Christians are out there listening to this. I hope people who are on the fence. Are listening to this. Brothers and sisters. It's time to make a choice. It's time to make a choice. We're in the last days. Ecclesiasticus 21 verse 1. My son. Has thou sinned? Do so no more. But ask pardon for thy former sins. Flee from sin as from the face of a serpent. Fleeing involves effort, brothers and sisters. It involves straining. It involves speed. For if thou comest too near it, it will bite thee. And the teeth, there, and the teeth thereof are as the teeth of a lion, slaying the souls of men. Read that again, brother, please. Flee from sin as from the face of a serpent. For if thou comest too near it, it will bite thee. The teeth thereof 
are as the teeth of a lion, slaying the souls of men. You flee when you need to find and experience safety from a threat, brothers and sisters. You see that? So we must actively engage in preventative measures to tranquilize the desire. He said, flee from sin like the face of a serpent. Why? Because if you, you get too close to that thing, it's going to bite. It's going to jump. Read the next scripture, brother, please. Verse 3. All iniquities is a two-edged sword. The wounds whereof cannot be healed. Look at that. See? It's detrimental not only to the body, but the soul. The physical and the spiritual. That's why it's saying it's a two-edged sword, brothers and sisters. Respect the power, brothers and sisters. Really think about what the repercussions can be. What the side effects will be of making certain decisions, brothers and sisters. Because why? We, we don't want you to be able to hide behind ignorance. Because why? Satan will rule over you in any area of your ignorance, brothers and sisters. So it's our job, the Most High, have given us the platform to be able to help our brothers and sisters. To, to minimize the areas of their ignorance. Understanding that Satan rules through ignorance, brothers and sisters. Darkness in the Bible is ignorance. Most, most times in the Bible, it's ignorance. That's what it refers to. He has a kingdom of darkness, which is what? A kingdom of ignorance. As long as he can keep you ignorant, he's going to rule over you. We can't allow that. Let's go to John, brother, 9 and 31. The gospel we're at, brothers and sisters. John 9, verse 31. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God, and doth his will, him he heareth. The Most High's attention is tuned to the prayers of those who are compliant. Brothers and sisters, the Most High is not persuaded or induced to give such power to sinners. Look at it again. Could you read that again? Verse 31. Now we know that God heareth not sinners. He doesn't hear who? Heareth not sinners. We're reading how answered prayers are regulated. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doth his will. And does what? Doth his will. Him he hear it. See? So if we're unwilling to relinquish sin, he's unwilling to answer prayer, brothers and sisters. Highlighting why the spiritual condition of our prayer leaders is so significant. <laughs> See? You have prayer leaders going on, and if you're dealing with all types of sin and iniquity, then every person you prayed for won't be getting healed, not through your prayer. Very important. So when you have prayer leaders... In the church, brothers and sisters. See? This is the responsibility that come with being the prayer leader. Or part of the, the prayer warriors. The prayer teams in a lot of these churches. Brothers and sisters. You see that? Let's go to Proverbs, Brother Joshua. 28 and 9. Proverbs 28, verse 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. Reading, we're reading what? The power of disobedience. This is a sober warning for our future success. 
You see that, brothers and sisters? If we neglect his instruction, he will neglect our prayers. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 9. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. See? So the author tells us that a non-compliant sinner, his prayer is nauseating to the Most High. <laughs> We're reading what? We're reading the conditions of communion with God. Okay? You're learning about regulated prayer, how prayer is regulated, brothers and sisters. You see that? Anytime I've prayed for something that I really wanted, the Most High always had a spiritual answer. Always. You want this in the physical, son? This is what I need you to do in the spiritual. This is what I need you to deal with within yourself. Okay? That's always the answer, brothers and sisters. Always. See, we, we get caught up trying to do all these physical things, jumping through hoops and acrobatics. He said, no, work on the inside. There's some things that you're dealing with that I can't, you know, I can't reward you until those things are exterminated. Let us prove that. Let's go to Isaiah. Excuse me, not Isaiah. Psalms 66. Let's prove that, brothers and sisters. About the regulated prayer. I, uh, excuse me. Slock you. Psalms 66 and 18. Psalms 66 verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart. The Lord will not hear me. Read that again. If I regard iniquity in my heart. The Lord will not hear me. See this is a greatly important principle. In regard to prayer. What is iniquity? It's invisible sin. How do we know? He said it's in his heart. <laughs> See, if we're not willing to abandon all sin, the Most High is not willing to hear us. Brothers and sisters, we're reading the desire of sin, even if restrained from the actual commission. See that, brothers and sisters? Could you read that again? Verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. What is iniquity? It's the desire for sin that can't be seen. So if you desire sin, <laughs> even if you, even if you, you know, you haven't actually done it, brothers and sisters. Why? Because as a man think in his heart, so is he. As a man think in his heart, so is he, brothers and sisters. Where iniquity is regarded in the heart, the prayer is unacceptable. Let's go to Isaiah 59 and 2. We're breaking it all the way down, showing you what sin will get you, brothers and sisters. What sin gets us. What's that say, brother? Isaiah 59 verse 2. Listen closely, Israel and Gentiles. Gentiles need to know this too, because we have a lot of Gentiles that follow our church because they know the doctrine of Christ. They can feel Christ in our church. And listen, Gentiles, you, you, you listen closely because naturally you're a pagan, just naturally. Your families are dealing with paganism, just naturally, not anything of your own fault. That's just your culture. When you go into India, you go into Southeast Asia in these areas, they're just Buddhists. That's how they've grown up. When you go into the Middle East, they're dealing with Allah. Just naturally. So that means they have a huge responsibility now that you have found our channel. 
The Most High has somehow got you here to learn this truth. You have to now stand firm on what you know to be right because you understand the consequences of negligence. And your family, your friends will have to do what? They will have to meet you where you're going and not where you've been, brothers and sisters. Yes, you've done what they said you did, but you're not who they say you are. Read that, brother. Verse 2, please. Verse 2. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. Brothers and sisters, we're reading one of the most staggering penalties for disobedience. Read that one more time, please. Verse 2. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. It did what? Separated between you and your God. Non-compliance has the power to sever our relationship with the Most High. And your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. He won't what, brother? That he will not hear. <laughs> Look at that. Separation from the Most High is what? It's the result of a lack of self-government. Your iniquities have separated you from your God. He's hid his face from you. He won't even listen. And guess what? This is a universal truth applying to all men, Jew and Gentile. Sin separates you from God. It separates me, all of us, from God. Are you prepared to deal with that? Are you prepared to deal with that? I don't think many of us are. But I don't believe that especially Israel, a lot of us don't know what we're doing is wrong. We don't know that pork is wrong. We don't know that Sunday worship and Christmas is actually wrong. Why? That's the shepherd. The Bible says, the gospel says, Christ had compassion on his people, on our people, because they're like sheep with no shepherd. See, we have compassion for Christians. That's why we're bringing out the truth. Let's go to 1st Maccabees, brother, to show you that the other nations, the Greeks understood, the Greeks and all the other nations understood the power of disobedience, especially in regard to the children of Israel. We're going to read 1st Maccabees, uh, the first chapter, the 42nd through the 53rd verse. I need you to really listen closely, brothers and sisters. We're at 1st Maccabees 42 through 53 and then we're going to jump to verse 56 through 58 brothers and sisters let's start at verse 42 first maccabees 1 verse 42 and every excuse me slock you brother start at verse 41 give him some context verse 41 moreover king antiochus wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people. These are the Greeks, Antiochus Epiphany. These are Edomites or white, the white Europeans. And everyone should leave his laws. So all the heathen agreed according to the commandment of the king. Yeah, many also the Israelites consented to his re religion. To his what? To his religion and sacrificed on the idols. Now, brothers and sisters, I need you to listen closely to Brother Joshua's words. Because it's telling you that the, the king, which was Antiochus Epiphany, says, and everyone should leave his laws, <laughs> right? Everyone should become as one. So here it was. He was making a decree that all people needed to serve 
his ideology. Read that from the top again, please, brother. 41. 42, actually. First Maccabees 1, verse 42. And everyone should leave his laws. So all the heathen agreed according to the commandment of the king. Yeah, many also the Israelites consented to his religion and sacrificed on the idols and profaned the Sabbath. And did what? Profaned the Sabbath. Profaned the Sabbath. They stopped observing the Sabbath. He made this law. For the king had sent letters by messengers unto Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, of Judea, that they should follow the strange laws of the land. Look at this. See, he understands the power of disobedience to where he made it law that we were not allowed to follow the Mosaic covenant, the Mosaic law. Verse 45. And forbid burnt offerings. He forbid what, brother? Burnt offerings and sacrifice and drink offerings in the temple. And that they should profane the Sabbaths and festival days. So the feast days, the Passover, Purim, Feast of Dedic—excuse uh, me, Feast of Tabernacles—all these days, they made it against the law for us to observe. Verse forty-six, and polluted the sanctuary and holy people. So they polluted the sanctuary, set up altars and groves and chapels of idols. And sacrifice swine's flesh and unclean beasts. They did what, brother? Set up altars and groves and chapels of idols and sacrifice swine's flesh and unclean beasts. They started sacrificing unclean animal f- swine's flesh in the temple. Brothers and sisters, don't tell me they don't know the power of disobedience, especially for our people. They had our people sacrificing pig. In all types of unclean beasts. Because when you look at Leviticus 11, brothers and sisters, there's only certain animals that are allowed to be sacrificed, okay? So this is during what time, brothers and sisters? This is during the Greek Empire. These are the books that are missing. You ever heard of Hanukkah? Which is the Greek rendering for Feast of Dedication? We don't call it Hanukkah. Because that's what, that's what, you know, that's Greek. We call it Feast of Dedication. Now, any historian, any person who knows the Bible, knows that the four beasts of Daniel, in his vision, were four empires that Israel must serve. You had who? The Persian Medes, the Babylonians, the Greeks, and the Romans. Did you ever think it was... uh, Did you ever think it was quite weird that... As soon as we go from the Old Testament to the New, we're already in the Roman Empire. What happened to the Greek Empire? And I'm talking to you theologians out there. See? How did we get all the way from, you know, from 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 Malachi over to the New Testament and we're already dealing with the Roman Empire? Hurrah the Great. Or Hurrah the Greek. What happened to the Greek Empire? The Greek Empire came before the Roman Empire, and this is what the Greeks did unto, did unto our people. Read verse 45 one more time, please, brother. Verse 45. And forbid burnt offerings, and sacrifice, and drink offerings in the temple, and that they should profane the Sabbath and festival days, and polluted the sanctuary and holy people, set up altars and groves and chapels of idols, and sacrifice swine's flesh and unclean beasts. 
that they should also leave their children uncircumcised. This was the laws they made. They made a law that we were not allowed to circumcise our male children, knowing that that is a sign of a covenant made with the children of Abraham, that on the eighth day, a male child was to be circumcised, the foreskin of his flesh, of his province, as a sign that he belonged to God. And they made that, they made that against the law. Even today, if you try to get your son... <laughs> You know, you try to get your son uh, circumcised when he's first born, they will try to demonize it, brothers and sisters. They will try all types of uh, manipulation and say, I heard they said uh, to a, a brother of mine that I know who recently had a child, with, it's so painful. You're going to put you, you're going to scar your child for life. I'm like, mind your business, okay? Because guess what? It. It feels, it feels much worse to do it as a grown man. Ask some of these grown men out here who've been circumcised as an adult male. When you're a child that young, you don't even remember that. Okay? But I, I encourage you, pull up some articles and see what Edomites and doctors have to say about it. They'll claim that, they, you know, we just want to protect the child. He's going to cry. You know, he's, it's going to damage him psychologically. Nah, you know what it is. You know exactly what it is. You know that that's a sign that we are the people of the book. You know that. Because why else would someone be getting their son circumcised? <laughs> that's not something you just come up with off the top of your head. See? Read 48 one more time, please, brother. Verse 48. That they should also leave their children uncircumcised and make their souls abominable with all manner of uncleanness and prof profanation. To the end, they might forget the law. Read that again. To the end, they might forget the law. See, that was the key. All this stuff was for us to forget the law. <laughs> so don't tell me they didn't know the rules of engagement. Don't tell me they don't know the power of disobedience against our people. Read that one more time, brother. To the end, they might forget the law and change all the ordinances. And whosoever would not do according to the commandment of the king, he said, he should die. Oh, no, freedom of religion. And whosoever would not do according to the commandment of the king, he said, he should die. So, brothers and sisters, if it doesn't really matter and everyone just could do what they want to do, why were they killing us for following God's laws? Ask yourself that. Now you see why they took this out of the Bible. <laughs> they couldn't have Negroes and Hispanics reading this. See? Because then you would look at this and say, well, if you really don't have to follow the law, why are they killing us for doing it? See? They knew that, so they said, oh, no, nah, no. Nah. These Negroes are about to be free. <laughs> you know, the abolition of slavery is coming. Uh, take that whole thing out of the book. Just take that out, because there's no way we can teach the laws done away with with the apographers still in the Bible. They knew this. Because you would look here. And then probably have some level of indignation. <laughs> against those people. Right? He said listen. Any of you that I catch following the Sabbath. Circumcising your children. Right? Or eating anything clean. I'm going I'm to cut your head off. I'm going to take you out. Take you out. Read verse 51 brother please. Verse 51. In the selfsame manner wrote he to his whole kingdom, and appointed overseers over all the people, commanding the cities of Judah to sacrifice city by city. 
Then many of the people were gathered unto them, to wit every one that forsake the law, and so they committed evils in the land, and drove the Israelites into secret places. They did what? Drove the Israelites into secret places, even whosoever they could flee for Shakur. So he said he drove the Israelites into secret places wheresoever they could flee for safety, brothers and sisters. We had to, if you continue to read Maccabees, we actually had to, you know, go in caves and observe the Sabbath. Showing you how, our, how starch our people were about following the law. You know Israelites are stubborn. They don't like to be forced into anything. Jump to verse 56 through 58, brother. First Maccabees 1, verse 56. What's that say? And when they had rent in pieces the books of the law which they found, they burnt them with fire. So here it was. The Greeks took our, our law, our, our Bible. They ripped them and then they burnt them with fire. And whosoever was found with any book of the, te of the testament, or if any committed to the law... The king's commandment was that they should be put him to death. That what? That they should put him to death. Brothers and sisters, I thought it didn't matter. <laughs> I thought it didn't matter, brothers and sisters. I really need you to look at this. They know the power of obedience. See that? They know it, that what? God said he would be an enemy unto our enemies. He would be the adversary of our adversaries. They know this. That's why they made it against the law. For us to follow God's laws. For us to observe the Mosaic covenant. The Mosaic law. See if our people knew this. If our people read this. Then something would begin to happen to them psychologically. They would start to ask questions. Okay. Is, could this possibly be the reason my pastor is telling me uh, not to follow the law? Could this be it? What verse are you at, brother? Verse 58. All right, jump to verse 60. We're going to read 60 through 64, brothers and sisters. First Maccabees 1, verse 60. At which time, according to the commandment, they put to death certain women that had caused their children to be circumcised. So they killed sisters who allowed their sons to be circumcised. I really need you to look at this, brothers and sisters. And they hang the infants about their necks. They look at this. They're killing children. And rifled their houses and slew them that had not that had circumcised them. See? So they killed the women who circumcised their children, right? They hung infants by their necks. The circumcised infants. Continue. Howbeit many in Israel were fully resolved and confirmed themselves not to eat any unclean so things. So some of our people is like, there ain't nothing you can do. We ain't breaking God's laws. Verse 63. Wherefore the rather to die, that they, that they might not be defiled with meats, that they might not profane the holy covenant. So then they died. See, so look at this. So some of our brothers and sisters were like, brother, you're going to have to kill us. For we're not going to eat unclean foods. We're going to follow the Sabbath. We're not celebrating pagan holidays. We, we're going to have to die. Look at that. See, they don't want you to know that this is our people. Because then you may have some nobility and say, you know what? That's our forefathers. I could be that way. They're like, no, nah, no. Nah. You need to look at Cardi B. That's who you need to aspire to be, sister. Okay? 
Brother, you need to look up the uh, young thug. <laughs> young thug, brothers and sisters. I mean, what? where do they come up with this stuff? <laughs> they got a juke calling himself young thug. Yeah, that's who you need to be, brother. <laughs> See? They know the power of obedience and disobedience, brothers and sisters. And we just wanted to show you that the Gentiles understand this. Let's go to Deuteronomy 32 and 7. Deuteronomy 32 verse 7. Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father and he will show thee. Thy elders and they will tell thee. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance. Read, read 7 one more time because I really need you to see something Israel because... The other nations tell us to forget the past, but Moses said something else. Verse 7. Remember the days of old. No, forget it. Remember the days of old. Forget about the past. That was 400 years ago. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy fathers, and he will show thee. Thy elders, and they will tell thee. Now, brothers and sisters, according to Moses, he said, never forget the past. That's why we went into Maccabees, brothers and sisters, to show you. To show you their venom, their vitriol, their recognition of what? Of the power that came with disobedience. Not only disobedience, but the power that came with obedience. They understood it. And we wanted to prove that, brothers and sisters. See, the only people left outside of the loop is you and I. They knew this already. The Bible says, never forget the past. Go ask your fathers. Go ask the prophets and they will teach you so you don't fall again. We're going to 2 Ezra 7 and 20 and we're going to end it here. 2 Ezra, the 7th chapter, the 20th and the 21st verse. 2 Ezra 7 verse 20. For there be many that perish in this life. Why, brother? Because they despise the law of God that is set before them. Why? Because they despise the law of God that is set before them. For God hath given straight commandment to such as come. What they should do to live, even as they came. And what they should observe to avoid punishment. What we're reading, brothers and sisters, <clears throat> in verse 20. Read verse 20 one more time. Because we were reading the consequences of rebellious decisions. Remember, we started off in what? Ezra's, right? We started off talking about how Adam sinned, right? And the choices that the Most High have given you. And where are we going to end it? We're going to end it in Ezra's. Showing you the choices that you have. And the, the responsibility that you will have one way or another. Whether you do the right thing or the wrong thing. You're going to be responsible for whatever comes next. Read that again, brother, please. Second Ezra 7, verse 20. For there be many that perish in this life, because they despise the law of God that is set before them. For God hath given straight commandment to such as came, what they should do to live, even as they came, and what they should observe to avoid punishment. So the Bible is saying, or Ezra is saying, the Most High gave you clear commandments. 
of what to do if you want to live a long life, a long, healthy life, free of trouble. If you want to avoid punishment. But what? Verse 20 says many people die because they despise God's laws. They don't respect God's laws. Showing you what? The power of disobedience is that many people, including Israel, will die for their truculent attitude, their dogged attitude towards God's commandments. He gave us straight commandments to all that have come. What you should do to live if you would like to live. What you should do to avoid punishment if you would like to avoid punishment. A choice has to be made, brothers and sisters. This was our two-part series. The first part of our series was what? The power of obedience. If you didn't hear that, I encourage you to go hear it. So you can be incentivized according to God on why you should do the right thing. And this was the power of disobedience. To show you how serious sin is, especially for the children of Israel. And how all the other nations know the power that comes with disobedience. Therefore, they would look to promote what? Lawlessness amongst our people. Today's lesson. The power of disobedience. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.